Hello and welcome to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. In each edition, Simon Gurgle, Fund Manager at the Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. Now, Simon, in many ways, 2021, at least so far, feels well, very much like 2020. We're still in the grip of the pandemic, businesses are shuttered and, and the lockdown remains. And yet advances in treatments and the, the rapid vaccination programme do seem to be providing hope, in some quarters at least, that a recovery may be on the way. So what does all this mean for markets, for, for, for businesses and for, for the companies at the heart of the UK economy? I want to focus on results first with you, Simon. The earnings season this year has been interesting. It's given us an overall view of how the pandemic has impacted on companies and the UK economy more broadly. How would you summarise where the market currently is in, in light of what's being reported, in light of what we've seen? Well, hi, John. It's a delight to be back talking to you again. Um, I think the reporting season has really highlighted the impact of the pandemic and the way that companies have dealt with it. So you've seen a clear differentiation between more resilient defensive businesses, yeah, which, where the pro- profits have been pretty steady or, or even better than that in some cases. Some, even some companies have benefited from online trading or um, digital trading, which which has helped them. And the other extreme, some companies have been hit very, very hard, unsurprisingly, by the big recession we had and the impact. So for er- er- companies in that area might be banking uh, or the energy businesses, which have seen uh, slumping energy prices in the middle of last year. Um, the second thing, though, is you're seeing that the, the companies starting to come out of that again now. So in the Q4 period, in the fourth quarter, we saw signs of improvement. For example, Barclays Bank, which has just reported, uh, reported a much stronger fourth quarter. And you're seeing many businesses really come to terms with it, having dealt with the impact of the, of the pandemic and has supported their balance sheets, refinanced debt, raised new equity in some cases. And we're starting to see dividends that were cut come back in many cases. So... Um, really, we've seen the whole uh, gamut of, of different outcomes in the fourth quarter in the full year results, depending on where companies were on that spectrum. Uh, I suppose the, the companies that have, have surprised the best or have reported the most encouraging progress are in industries like house building, where you did see a, a short, sharp shock early on in Q2 of last year, but you've seen a pretty swift recovery. And house builders have actually been trading remarkably well in the last few months of last year. And again, we're seeing dividends come back in that sector as well. So really quite a broad range of of results coming through. And just on that uh, theme of a return to dividends, a return of dividends, uh, Barclays Bank, you've mentioned already their fourth quarter numbers. Uh, Barclays also announcing uh, a return to paying its dividend. What did you make of that? Well, it's encouraging to see the banks coming through the worst part of the cycle, hopefully, in terms of the the bad tech charges they were making a few months ago. And Barclays has done better than the other banks in many ways because it has a large investment bank, which is actually trading really well and producing strong profit growth in in the year. Um, The actual cash dividend Barclays declaring is is pretty small. It's only a penny a share, but they are going to do quite a large buyback as well. So the fact that, A, the regulator has allowed them to pay dividends again, and B, that they are actually willing and able to return money to shareholders, both in dividends and in buybacks, is a very encouraging sign for the sector, which has clearly been under a lot of pressure last year. And we've seen, not surprisingly, that the bank's share prices have recovered very sharply from where they were where they were last summer. 
And Simon, another company that's reported a profit rise is British American Tobacco. Could you explain why sectors like tobacco are good choices for investors seeking income? Well, we believe it's quite good to have a balance in the portfolio between more cyclical and more defensive areas. And, and industries like tobacco, food, beverages tend to be very resilient in, in difficult environments. Consumers continue to uh, consume the products. Uh, and you've seen that with BAT. You've seen uh, strong results, resilient trading, strong profits, uh, yet another dividend increase. So we think those type of companies... Uh, fit a, a good a good place in the, in the portfolio, and I think also that industry has been through a tough time in terms of investor sentiment. They are transforming themselves over time, so that, so new reduced harm products such as vaping or heat not burn uh, tobacco products, and and therefore reduce the overall harm that that um, tobacco products do to the community. But also they're working hard on environmental policies, on social policies to improve the the whole impact of the business on on society. Um, And that's not reflected in the valuation of the industry, which remains extremely depressed uh, and and is therefore, you know, has been in our our view a good opportunity. More broadly, Simon, inflation has risen to 0.7% in the UK. That was in January. How do you think this is going to impact companies and consumer trends over the course of the year? A lot of talk about a pros- the prospect of a rise in inflation, a lot of people pricing it in. What do you think? Well, it's a good question. I think there's a short term and the, and the longer term. In the short term, I think you're right. You will see because, because energy prices have, have recovered, you'll see higher inflation coming through. And the question really is, does that become more endemic? Does Does that carry on into the medium longer term. And you could make an argument, and, and many people do, that it should carry on because there's been a huge stimulus from central banks, money printing, buying bonds, uh, really low interest rates, uh, and all the government support to it, to the economy. And, and at the same time, some capacities come out in, in areas which would normally um, dampen some of that uh, inflationary pressure. So there are good arguments for why inflation could pick up. But on the other hand, we do have potentially a rise in unemployment coming through. We, we've had some of that. It might get worse. Um, and there are some some reasons to be more cautious on the growth outlook. So it's, it's really hard to call, actually, whether inflation will become a, a more uh, persistent problem going forward. What we have seen in recent weeks, though, is bond yields rising significantly from really, really low levels. And that's potentially quite interesting for the type of companies we've been buying, which tend to be lower valued companies. And they, to some extent, they, their share prices suffered from low interest rates because investors were pushing, putting more money into high growth companies. Because with, in a low interest rate environment, high growth companies theoretically are worth a bigger premium because you're using a lower discount rate. So if interest rates continue to rise, that's potentially quite good for more value-oriented companies like we tend to own. Simon, I just want to put a couple of questions to you on the vaccination program and how that's aiding the recovery as well. Uh, The UK's vaccination program looks like success so far. The UK is ahead of all European countries in terms of its rollout of vaccines. And the effectiveness of the UK lockdown too looks positive in terms of a drop in the the rate and number of cases. So what does this mean? What's the the big picture here? What do you think the recovery will look like for the UK? And will it have uh, an impact when it comes to the UK's relationship with other countries where perhaps the vaccination programme isn't quite so fast moving? 
It is encouraging, clearly, that the firstly that we've got vaccines that, that seem to be working and that they're being rolled out quite so quickly in the UK. I think for, in terms of stock markets, they tend to move in tandem around the world. So I think un, unless there would be a, a very prolonged gap between what's happening in the UK and what's happening in, say, the US or Europe, um, I don't think directionally it's going to make a huge difference. But I think it is yet one more reason why the UK equity market looks very interesting at the moment. Potentially, we might have a slightly quicker recovery in consumer spending, in in uh, re- reducing some of the lockdown restrictions in the UK than on the continent. But the other thing, the other factors behind the UK are, are quite encouraging. Firstly, valuations in the UK are, are well below uh, other valuations, particularly in Europe, and have been on a steady declining track for four or five years. And that's been associated with the, the whole Brexit debate and uncertainty which is now out of the way. So having got that out of the way, having had uh, very, having, having very low valuations in the UK, having the vaccine roll out, meaning that we can return quick, much quicker towards more normal life, I think those are all good reasons why the UK as a place to invest looks a really interesting market. Although, as we've discussed many times before, the vast majority of UK quoted companies, the vast majority of their profits come from abroad. So in reality, it doesn't make too much difference to many businesses whether whether the recovery happens slightly faster in the UK than abroad. But it does make a lot of difference to sentiment. The final thing I'd say is clearly you have to differentiate slightly between companies that are more domestically affected where restrictions might come off quite quickly and those associated with foreign travel or uh, international uh, business where the restrictions will be much slower because it's going to be more complex on on unwinding and opening up those international travel corridors and just staying on this topic how do you um how do you think the portfolio is positioned for exactly what you're describing how have you positioned the portfolio to to take advantage of this situation well we've tried to keep through this process a relative balance between more defensive areas and more cyclical recovery areas. But within those cyclical areas, we are quite focused on businesses that can come out of the downturn in, in robust shape, that, that which aren't structurally challenged by changes in the way in behavior. Um, areas like house building uh, and the companies associated with the housing market, where you're seeing uh, quite strong demand already from consumers who've been sitting at home, a lot of them, uh, and looking at their environment and wanting to improve it. So we, we've been trying to focus on companies like that, which can recover quite quickly, rather than those where they might be slightly higher risk. Uh, they might have potentially high return, but the risk profile is is higher. So um, areas that are, there's less certainty about how be- investors will behave or how consumers will behave coming out of it. And of course, if there's one thing that's certain about the current environment, there's nothing is particularly certain. So are there any unexpected changes or challenges that you're taking into consideration in light of all of this? Well, I think the first lesson for the last 12 months is don't assume that recovery stays on track. I mean, there's, there are further variations, further, further mutations of the virus coming through all the time. Uh, we don't know how long the immunity from the vaccine or even from the illness uh, will last and whether we'll need further vaccinations or whether some of these strains might might prove quite serious. Um, so we've got to be cautious about being too optimistic about life. Um, and I think the other side of it, of course, is when we do come out of this, we've got a big bill to pay. And the government's been borrowing, maxed out on its credit card, really. So us as consumers and taxpayers, we will be footing the bill at some point. Now, thankfully, with interest rates low, 
And in the particular, particular with the UK government having very long dated bonds, there's no short term problem with financing this. But we will in the medium term have to finance it. And that means taxes rise or government spending gets gets impacted. And that will cause a bit of a constraint on the economy and the recovery. So the government's got a really delicate balancing act. And yeah, faith, much of that faith that I got in government, they don't always get these things quite right. And they're not always easy to, to spot. And so that's probably another thing that we've got to keep an eye on. Just a last thought, Simon, more broadly looking at the opportunities in the UK market, where are the value opportunities as you see them at the moment? And, and what are some of the themes you see underpinning those? Well, the market, as we've discussed a few times, is, is incredibly polarised. There are many companies on really high multiples, high valuations, and yet there's a whole other large parts of the market that are very undervalued. So we see Certain, certain defensive areas are, are cheap, but also some cyclical areas. I mean, in terms of themes, one of the big themes we touched on is the whole home environment theme, which is um, people have spent more time at home. They they want to improve their environment. Um, they, they may be sitting on a very old sofa that needs to be replaced. They may want to do repairs and maintenance. So companies associated with that type of activity in general, the valuations are still pretty modest, um, and we see a, a prolonged and, and persistent recovery coming through. Another area is the whole online economy. No, no surprise there, but not every company that benefits from online trading or digital um, digital activity is on a high valuation. Some of them are really quite modestly priced, and where we can find sensibly priced businesses which benefit from the whole trend to online sales or digital sales, um, that's, a, that's a good theme. Um, and then the third thing is, third theme I'll pick out is companies which are transforming themselves. So they may have um, a part of the business which is not growing much or possibly in decline, and another part that's uh, a better business growing faster. And so a lot often when investors think about value investments, they think of companies stuck in a, in a bad area and, and the only thing you can hope for is that the share price recovers a bit because they're cheap. That's not life. I mean, the way businesses work is they'll have a range of activities and some of them would be better than others. And they'll be focusing, putting more money into the, the stronger, more, more higher growth areas. And, and there are some companies in their portfolio that are really transforming from more commodity type, more, more lo- lower growth businesses to higher growth, higher value added activities. And as that mix shift changes, the whole business can be revalued because investors suddenly see a company that's actually got higher growth than they thought and, and, a, and a path through that to, to a higher valuation. So we've, we've made, had a lot of success with businesses transforming themselves from low growth to high growth activities. And that remains an interesting theme where you can buy some really attractively priced companies, which in a year, two years, three years could look very different, actually. Well, Simon, fascinating as ever. Some great thoughts there. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time. But thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust, where we bring you topical news affecting UK equity markets. And you can find out more about the Merchants Trust by going to merchantstrust.co.uk. Hold up. 